Welcome to the Impact Sessions, a business podcast hosted by me, Nick Bramley, CEO and Director of Impact at Impactus Group. The Impact Sessions brings you weekly insights and experiences from some of my most valued, trusted and influential business contacts across a range of current, interesting and hopefully thought-provoking subjects designed to give you some practical tips and ideas to drive continued success in your business. On this episode of the Impact Sessions, I'm interviewing Pauline Oustrick, who's a student in psychology of eating behaviours at the University of Leeds. But we're going to talk about the link between academia and the outside world and how we can build networks that benefit both parties. Hope you enjoy this particularly interesting and different podcast from the Impact Sessions. So on this week's episode of the Impact Sessions, I'm delighted, I'm delighted to have Pauline Oustrick with me. Pauline's a PhD student in psychology of eating behaviour at the University of Leeds. Now, this is a business podcast and you might be thinking, why are we interviewing somebody who's a PhD student in psychology of eating behaviours from the University of Leeds? Well, I've met Pauline at a number of networking events and Pauline's fabulous at building networks between academia and the outside world so we've entitled this week's podcast academia in the outside world genuine potential but how so first of all welcome to the podcast uh, pauline hello nick i'm really happy to be here too i'm very happy to have you here um do you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what got you from your home over to um the uk studying at leeds a little bit of background about pauline okay so, um, so I'm Pauline and I, I will say I'm French. I'm trying to take the Yorkshire accent, but I haven't tailored it yet. <laughs> Still it's, working on it. It's not bad. <laughs> um, so I'm a PhD researcher in University of Leeds, but before I was an engineer in nutrition from Paris. Um, so I've been used, bit more used to business background because I've already worked in Danone a bit and also uh, as a consultant in nutrition. Um, so it's has always been interesting into academia and business mm-hmm. and I've always been interested in bringing both together and now doing my PhD in eating behaviour. I'm also facing lots of networking and that's why I'm here to talk about. Excellent. Okay. Well, it's great to have you here. And uh, as I say, I've met you uh, at a number of networking events and, and events that I've been involved in and you've been involved in. Um, so you seem very passionate about getting out and about. You seem very passionate about networking itself. Do you want to share a little with the audience about why you're passionate about that? How did it come about and, and what kind of networks you choose to kind of invest in? Yes, so I think networking is definitely one of my passion. When people ask me about my passion, I always say 3C, communication, which is networking, cooking, because I love uh, creating new food recipes, and coding, because I've recently learned to code in R and I love making visualization especially. Okay. Um, but communication networking is, is something that really drives me. And I'm, I'm sure you're aware about uh, Simon Sinek saying, what is your why? Mm-hmm. And I think for me is bringing people together, understanding why they need and how we can help them um, be the best of themselves. Um, so um, networking for me is about knowing more about myself, uh, knowing more about others and uh, bringing people together. Okay. And how long have you been involved in networking? And when did you first, how old were you when you first got involved in networking? And, and how many networks have you been to in the years that you've uh, that you've been involved in it? 
Oh, I um, haven't counted, but um, if I come back from the Leeds one, mm. uh, just for the night that yesterday, uh, I was in EY. Was, um, it was the International Women uh, Day mm-hmm. organized by EY and the Leeds Council. Um, and it was just these four women explaining their stories, about how they get there in their jobs and how they face um doing their jobs plus having your babies plus having their passion plus everything mm. and how being a superwoman is also uh, trying to balance all of this and still meditate and still be there okay um so that that for me i i was really tired when i get there and after that i was really energized so networking brings me energy um and that's why i i try to keep doing it because it makes myself a better person it challenge me and it can also help other people so that networking is based around a learning environment because some networking is is purely person to person, shaking hands, having a canopy, having a chat. Your networking that you seem to go to, which I've seen you at, is kind of a learning environment where there may be a speaker or a panel or a subject and you're still networking around with the audience. Is that your preferred kind of style of that then, uh, Pauline? I think I'm really flexible, so I like kind of all types of networking before me is not restrained to finding a job because lots of people think networking is kind of just when you want to find something and get something out of pers- of the person mm-hmm. before me networking is more um elaborating a relationship um learning from people and um doing something more challenging for me for example okay are you a natural networker did you have to work hard at it in the early days is it did it feel comfortable or did it feel alien to you when you first started? Uh, that's a really good question. I think I'm an extrovert. I think mm-hmm. that's sure. But I'm still timid. And when I see people that I really want to talk to, but are really impressive to me, mm. um, I have to push myself and say, okay, Pauline, they are still human. Mm. You can still talk to them. Uh, they're not another species. Um, so it is not easy but I think the more you do it, the more you get better at it. That's mm. a psychological habits thing. You need to practice to get better at it. You do indeed. There's, um, I do some work with a number of universities at sort of PhD and postgrad student level. And I'll say to them, who's your academic hero? And they'll say, oh, Professor so-and-so or you know, the, the, whoever it might be, a leading light in their particular field of research. And I'll say, if you met them, how would you feel? And a lot of people go, oh, I wouldn't want to talk to them. I wouldn't want to talk to them. You know, they're, they're like the world leader in marine biology or whatever it might be. But you've said there, they're just the same species as us. They are normal human people. And the reality is they're often quite lonely because people don't approach them because they're frightened of being, oh, my goodness, this guy, you know, this lady are particularly, you know, super academic and, you know, world leaders in their field. So I really like your attitude of I roll my sleeves up, I'll approach them. What's the worst that can happen? And I've done it once, I'll do it again, keep doing it on that basis. Would that be some good advice for PhD and postgrad students to approach their heroes then? Exactly. Um, I did it again yesterday. Um, This fantastic woman from um, um, North Invest that was Mm. presenting her story. And she was so impressive, but she shared something that was really uh, um, important for me. She says, don't be driven by your fear, Mm. uh, but instead trying to find your passion and trying to think long term. And I really make me think about everything I'm doing is to try to convince myself to be more confident. And um, I, I don't say no, I say yes to everything. And mm. I try to put myself out there because I, I'm really driven and I want to create this job. Um, but then she says, um, 
don't do it by fear, but by passion. And I wanted to see her at the end, but she was just so impressive. Mm. I had to force myself to go and talk to her. And then she was just just a really nice person, of course, as every, as every, every people. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like taking the courage to go there and uh, ask a good question. And you will never know if you didn't never ask. So no. ask and actually, if you then say, you know, something along the lines of that was really inspiring, yeah. that's a good first opening for somebody, isn't it? You know, they're going to be okay. quite impressed with the fact that, that, that you've resonated with them on some level. So that's really interesting. Okay. So you're a PhD student. Um, how well do you think the world of academia has been at building relationships with the outside world? And I'm particularly thinking about the business community. Um, and have you got any examples of your in your areas of study where that's worked really well? Because I see gaps when I when I, I work in academia and with academia, I work in business, but there's quite a few gaps. Do you think they've been good at doing that properly? I think the problem comes from people doesn't know each other. Mm. So you have academia, which is really mainly theoretical. Of course, you have practice, but um, mm. it's about theory. Um, but they don't know really well the business world. And it's the same with the business world They or the um, the industry. They don't know really well the academic mm. unless they have worked with them. So I think the first thing is to bridge this gap and help them know each other so they can communicate better and do things together. Actually, I think University of Leeds uh, is doing a lot for that. First, we have Nexus, yeah. uh, which I really share the value is, bridging the gap between academia and uh, and um, businesses. For those who don't know, the University of Leeds have got a, a fabulous um, facility. It's called Nexus, and it's, it's a really sort of hotbed of ideas and innovation. It's got some fantastic sort of businesses in there. It's got some drop-in activities. It's working with academics and business, pulling them together. But it's a specifically built environment for that purpose, isn't it? So that's been a real catalyst at the University of Leeds, hasn't it, for the relationship build? Is that is that has that been part of what you've seen in the time that you've been in Leeds? Yes, it's been because first it's a location where you can go, you have fantastic food, and that's really important because they always bring people, especially as a French person. I'm just gonna say is that the French <laughs> is that the French person you're there for? The food's the important think, factor. Yeah. That's for me I being a foodie. But I do think you you at least for me I always take them for having a lunch and having a lunch is with someone so mm. you can meet for lunch and meet people there. So you have a food place to meet people we also have um, meeting rooms and you have companies and startup there. Mm. There's events all the time and it's most of the time free. So it's a really good environment for meeting people. So I think there is Nexus, but there's also other facilities and a group for that. So there's the N8 AgriFood, mm. which is a program at an eight university. I can't remember all of them, but Leeds for sure is in it. Um, and what they do is they try to um, bring also together some businesses and um, some government and academia around food, healthy food and supplier, uh, supplies of food. Mm. Um, so, yes, that is a good program. Also internships. Mm. Um, and the last thing I've been learning about is KTP, which means... Um, Knowledge Transfer Partnership. Okay. So it brings together academia, a graduate, and business. And the aim is for the business to um, improve their competitiveness mm. um, or to, imp um, to gain some skills, knowledge, or um, from the academia, develop a product or a service. So that's, that's a good thing, but it's not really known. I've seen that happen where a business will get access to an intern or a knowledge transfer partner um, student who will 
have a specific project to deliver that maybe the business has been thinking about for a long time, didn't have the resource in place, and they're bringing a really bright, articulate sort of student into the business to run something specific and then see the results of that. That's really powerful, isn't it, when you see that happen? But I'm going to turn that around and say, businesses don't seem to know much about these kind of uh, programs. So what do businesses need to do then, do you think, uh, Pauline, to, to, to access these fabulous resources that sometimes are really underused from the academic uh, uh, world? That's a really good question too. I think one way will be for them to go into Nexus um, and uh, see what is what is around. So there's lots of events either in Nexus or in the <coughs> university. So researchers are presenting their research in different ways, so lay way or more scientific way. Uh, so they could be inspired from that and say, oh, that's something we need to do that could help us for this product or these services. So I think from the business point of view is knowing more what is there in the university and that's the role of Nexus to help them finding them, the graduate or the person that can help them in the specific point. Or it could be the business to create an event, they need something, uh, for example, they want to reformulate a food product and they need this specific um, scientific and they will create an event and and invite a different scientific or a university to help with that. Mm. So I just think is establishing the communication um, because um, it could really work and help each other if they know more about each other. But right now, it's still a bit more separate. Yeah, there does seem to be that sort of, yeah, we're over here, you're over there. Um, we're aware of each other, but we're not necessarily integrated. And, and Nexus is the example for the University of Leeds, but I've worked across a number of universities in the UK, and I'm sure it's the same globally. There are people dedicated in the universities to so those outreach relationships with commerce, industry, business, uh, and, and even sort of uh, public sector, etc. From a business point of view, my advice would be, you know, get to know what your local universities are doing, get to know what your local universities specialise in, uh, what their fields of study are, what their expertise is, and, and reach out and, and make yourself available for networking events, um, you know, I guess collaboration events, just going along to lectures and that, that might be open to, to both sources, really. Because when I've seen organisations who do embrace academia, they are stealing a march with latest thinking and you know new technologies and that kind of thing. So have you got any successes that you've been aware of from Leeds University then in terms of where you've seen, you know, people that you know have said they've gone to work somewhere, they're working together in collaboration. Anything you can share with us that's not sort of, you know, I guess, um, protective information? I, I know a lot of them. I don't know specific, I can't even share specifically their stories because mm. it's not mine, but... Um, um, what works really well is for a business to have an intern, for example, mm. um, and PhD are really good for that because we, I don't like the PhD student and I will say PhD researcher mm. because we do basically have everything. You need to create a project, manage a project mm. on your own or with other people, manage a team. Um, you need to have deliverable, you need to network, you need to research. So refine something, summarize it, and then presenting in different types of context. Mm. So there, there seems not to be, when you think about a PhD, you don't think, oh, that will be a good business um, employee. Mm. But they really are because they have really multitask mm. and they are able to do so many things that they even don't know about. But when, when you talk with them, you see how good they are. So I think PhD are an under, underestimated resource. Um, but really good resource. There's a lot of skill sets in there, isn't there? To, exactly. That would be very transferable. I think that's the key, isn't it? Transferable skills rather than 
what you would see is direct skills, but project management, planning, presenting, researching, uh, defined outputs, all of those things are relevant to business in some way, shape or form, aren't they really? Does it matter that the study area for a PhD student might not be directly transferable to a business then? Um, some of them might be. Um, for, um, I'm doing also, uh, wor I'm working also for now, not as part as a PhD, but on top of it, um, for Research England. So it's still a research, it's not a business. But you, you, I would have been interested if a company hired me for doing something that is related to my topic, but mm. not on my field, for example. Mm. If you, for example, data science, lots of people are interested now is applying their skills in analyzing data. Uh, visualizing them and making a story from them. Mm. So lots of uh, PhD students could be good for, for that in different contexts, in marketing uh, or other contexts. So data analysis, research, uh, presenting that in a, in a, uh, a format that's accessible, all that exactly. kind of thing. Okay. And I know they're not in UK so far, but PhD Talent is a startup that began in Paris. Mm -hmm. And I was involved with them because basically it's four PhD students that created this company about how to bridge the gap between business and academia. Mm. And what they did is they created this network, this platform, where PhD student or researcher uh, put their name and what they, they're good at, their skills, mm. um, and their, yeah, their skills on the website. And then um, they match it with companies that are also looking for this, the same thing. So companies can put um, their skills there, what they want for, PhD does the same, and they can match each other. Um, that create lots of uh, good contact. And I wanted to create the, um, the branch in UK, but because of the Brexit, it's still a bit under discussion right now. But okay. I don't is that uh, Is that yeah. because of your French citizenship is under discussion? Because there wouldn't be anything to stop somebody setting that kind of concept up in the UK, except is it is it awkward or difficult for Pauline as a French citizen at the moment? Is that why the Brexit things are no, an no, issue um, or not? I would love to stay here because I think it's a really yeah. good environment. It's just for them, they don't want to invest here right oh, now. So the just, Fred, oh, yes. so I see what you mean. The French company didn't want to invest in the UK. Yeah, I, so I it's still, that. it's not they don't want, is it, they need to see how it goes. Yes. Uh, but nothing is like then. When we are passionate about things, we'll always find a way to create it. Nothing, nothing's stopping you, is there really? So, <laughs> no. so talk to me about your, your studies and research then, psychology of eating behaviour, then... Um, what do you want to do with that and where's that going to take you? What's the what's the ultimate end game with that then, Pauline? So I think it's linked with relationship. It's mm -hmm. not relationship with people, but relationship with food. Mm -hmm. So my PhD is about pleasure. So I'm interested in understanding why we eat. So we say, oh, we know why we eat. We eat because we are hungry or because we're sad, because mm. we stress, or because we are, like, for me, celebrating with friends and family. But all of this, when you think about it, um, synthesize into one motive, which is pleasure. And that can be the liking, so the pleasure we have from food, but also the wanting, which mm. is the drive, the motivation that you don't even think about. But when you see this piece of cake in front, there's no one here, but just imagine there were one. <laughs> you just say it, and then, then you want to have it. But you didn't thought you would want to have it before saying it. Mm. So that's a wanting that can be implicit. And I'm really interested in, in this in the context of weight management. So what is the role of liking and wanting when you lose weight and when you try to maintain weight? Mm. Um, so my PhD is on that. And I've discovered that contrary to what we thought, uh, liking and wanting can decrease with weight management. So mm. it, it's helpful. Uh, we still don't know why. So I'm trying to understand the mechanism. 
Um, but the end game of that is to improve weight management strategies. So if we know why people, um, what helps people losing weight and why people are different, because everyone reacts differently, there will be never be, there's always never be one size fits all. Yeah. It's different for everyone. But if we know why for the same diet, for example, people react differently and have different pleasure from the food after the diet, then we can help them to maintain better habits or create better habits and mm. then maintain their weight. So that's... Right. Um, so going back to the links to business, I know your yeah. next role, you talk about Research England and, and that's a research, an extended research role rather than a business role. What, does, what would be the transferable aspect of that then? If you're looking to a business proposition, would it be working with food manufacturers? Would it be working with, um, uh, well, I guess, I don't know, distributors or marketing companies in terms of how they present food? What... What would you do with that in the business environment and what would a business benefit from from that kind of research then, Polly? Um, I think the business part will be on a solution I'm developing. So my my supervisors, when he was PhD, developed um, a program, a software uh, called the Lead for Preference Questionnaire, which I developed now in the Lead for Preference platform, mm-hmm. which measure your food preferences. Uh, really simply, it's a really simple task, but that works really well mm-hmm. and has been intensively used in research. And right now what I'm trying to do is to develop it outside of academia. So I'm working with a computer scientist and a programmer to make a software as a service and next an app that could be used in different supports, so the phone, the iPad, and also the computer. And the idea will be if we are able to measure why we eat in different contexts, um, that will be really useful for people outside of academia. For example, the military uh, in France and in the USA, they have been using Ocho, mm-hmm. and um, I'm looking forward to collaborate more with them because they have used Ocho to prevent the soldier from losing weight by improving what they are giving to them. So the tool could help you by knowing why you eat, improving the food you are giving to your workforce. So the nutritional part of that fits quite well then. Exactly. So <coughs> for a business point of view, uh, it could be by developing this app and this software, um, this, this tool, uh, is how it could be used outside the academia for um, the health industry that want to help their workforce be better, be healthier, mm-hmm. uh, for dietitians, for nutritionists, um, and also the military. So I'm interested in all this health, fitness, um, environment, business environment that could mm. be interested in how we can help people um, first understanding their own habits, their own unconscious behavior, and then improving what they eat by giving them um, tools to eat better. That's, it. That's fascinating because the whole health and well-being agenda is massive, isn't it? You know, it seems to be a very um, common theme. If it wasn't for coronavirus, health and well-being <laughs> would be probably, you know, second or third item on the news every day about kind of what businesses are doing about it, how they're embracing it, et cetera, et cetera. We seem to be overridden by, we replaced Brexit with coronavirus, didn't we? As a, I just <laughs> exactly. hope, I hope it doesn't last as long as all I would say on that basis, but uh, okay. <laughs> um, so, so what are you looking for as part of your studies? Is there anything that, that the, the audience could help you with that, that might help to bridge these sort of, you know, academia, business, research kind of facilities? Is there anything that you're looking for as a next step, what people could do and say, I'd be I'd be happy to help with that or participate in that or do some research, support that? What, 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 what would we be looking for from the audience for you then, Pauline, potentially, if anything? 
I think for me will be to develop this um, this platform out of academia because this platform has been really used in research and still need to be used in research to understand why we eat. Mm-hmm. But now I'm interested in is impact, so how it could impact people and, and businesses. So I'm looking for partners that uh, would like to use the app either for them, for their clients, mm-hmm. uh, for their company or uh, for customers. So the app is still a prototype right now. So mm-hmm. I need to find, finish it and fine tune it. But then I'm, I am looking for uh, partners in business in the health industries um, that are looking forward to help the employees being healthier. Are we talking about large scale numbers then? So you talk about the military, obviously there's thousands in the military. Are we talking about organizations with you know, a big number of staff? So maybe they employ a thousand staff in an office in somewhere does it does it have to be those kind of numbers or would it, could it be smaller scale? I think it's nice to be smaller scale at the beginning because uh, so far the tool is like a, a scale. So when you go on your scale, it mm. tells you how much you weight. It doesn't tell you go and have a run or eat less burgers. <laughs> so right now our tool is the same. It's a method. It yes. tells you you like high fat food and we know that from a research point of view, yeah. that can be dangerous, mm. but it's not always dangerous. So we, we always need to give the good message from it. Um, so, so far we have this tool that tell that. And mm. then what I want to do is improve um, and give a message from it. So what should everyone do? What is the action point to do from, from yeah. this message? So we still need to, to, to implement it by research, yeah. but I'm really looking forward to work with uh, the military mm-hmm. services because for them, I think there will be a clear impact. The army doesn't want their soldier to lose weight, otherwise their performance is is, is diminished. Yeah. So if we can improve the food that they are giving to the soldier, depending on uh, how they respond to the environment. So for example, when, when they are in a mission, it could be really cold or really hot, or they could be stressed or sleep deprived. So if we, thanks to my research or research, we can understand how this environment, extreme environment, affect their food preferences, then we could um, modify the food tailor the food that we are giving them so they don't lose this weight so mm. i think that's for me the the really big impact we can look forward excellent are you are you making inroads into the military in terms of connections and going back to the whole purpose of this sort of podcast connectivity between academia and the outside world uh, are you making some connections into the military yes i've done in france and in usa and i'm looking for it with the british now okay so if there's any british army representatives <laughs> listening to the podcast who would like to put their um regiment through a, a research project in their food preferences we know where to come would that be what you're saying yeah that would be great excellent <laughs> again same for businesses if you you know if you've got a health and well-being agenda and you are promoting healthy eating and those kind of things in a big organization or medium-sized organization, it wouldn't be a bad thing to test this out in terms of a, you know, what does it actually mean from a, a research perspective. So I'm really interested that that um, we can potentially help with that, but also it's good for businesses, isn't it, to, to say the, the end game is healthier staff or a better informed staff. They might not be here. They might choose to ignore that and still eat the burgers, but at least they're, they're making a conscious decision rather than an unconscious decision, aren't they? And, yeah, of course. And I don't say don't eat the burgers all the time. Yeah. I, I just like finding a habit that is, is good for you. Um, but yeah. <laughs> okay. So what do you think are the biggest challenges that businesses and academia have in terms of getting together? Is it just communication? Is it something else? I think it's communication. Um, so we need to understand what they need, what are they need in, in both camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we don't know that, we can't get it. Who needs to understand that then? Is it, is it 
Does it need someone in the middle? Is the question, I guess. Does someone have to own that space in the middle and, and make the connections? Or is it is it random and just saying, look, there's two big organisations here. There's a sector, i.e. business, and there's academia, which is massive. How, you know, does it just have to be accidental or just, just more, more PR? How does it work? It's, it can be accidental. Mm. Uh, for example, I was uh, in Nexus and I was having my lunch and I was sitting next to a CEO from another startup I wanted to talk to. So mm. it was accidental, but I actually wanted to talk to her and it just facilitated. Yeah. So the place where you are can facilitate that and it can be accidental, but it, it can also be driven by um, your... your um, your research area. So for example, if you know what you want to do, then you can find the researcher that help you do that. So in, I think in each university, you have the people that uh, try to link bridge it between business and academia. Mm. Um, but I think more needs to be done and it, uh, establishing bigger network, which I'm trying to, to work on, mm. uh, could help. So more people, if, if all the researchers are more aware of what the business needs are and how they could be helpful for them and vice versa, um, we could uh, have a better understanding of both and work together. It strikes me that a business could have an idea and say, we need to research something, whatever that something might be. They probably haven't got the skills or experience to do the full piece of research. If a business approached the university with a, a, a project and said, we're looking to definitively find out about X, we need some research doing, would a would a university really appreciate that as what you would call a live project that could give that to st the student body to create live project? Is that realistic? Is that I, could that be an it's option? Totally realistic, and I think it happens all the time. Mm. Uh, people, lots of professors have, have been called or emailed and saying, "Oh, we are developing this product. Can you help us with that? Or can you find the research to to justify your claim?" Um, so that happens all the time. Uh, but I think it could happen even more mm. and it could help researchers sometimes to think about the impact of their work mm. um, because we are so focused on what we are doing that sometimes we forgot to think about why we are doing it mm. and how it could help out of that academia. It doesn't have always to be applied, but it can be. And for their businesses, is, we do have this problem really specific and we don't have the skills. Can we find someone that can help us with that, either in data science or in synthesis or in methods and we can find someone? I suspect that the university body across the UK would always find somebody who could do that research because the variety of study areas is just vast, isn't it? You know, there's always somebody studying something which might feel a bit off the wall or a bit new or a bit different to a business, but actually in academia, it's been studied for a long time or it might be somebody, there might be a whole body of people. So I guess that's just having the confidence of a business to approach the universities and think, Let's just have the conversation. I do see that. I work with organisations, you know, who do you know, work extensively across the academia uh, platform, but I don't see it a lot from other organisations where I think to myself, you know, you could really try that. You could try, and they wouldn't even think to think about, you know, PhD students or the, the university body as the first port of call. So that's just about, I guess, uh, education, awareness and communication, isn't it, really? Yeah, Okay. It is. 
Um, and that's why I'm trying to uh, increase the awareness from the PGR point of view, so from the, the postgraduate point of view. So mm -hmm. I've been running, I think now, four workshops on networking. Mm -hmm. So I've run one in France to help uh, PhDs to know a bit more about why do we network, how can we do it, and how we can get ourselves out there. Um, I'm going to do one with you soon uh, for a conference, a yep. British Food and Group conference. Uh, I've invited for the PSYPAC one, so I'm, I'm doing lots of them. Uh, in order, and the aim for that is to educate and help researchers um, be more confident and mm. see how good they can be, and they already are, and they just need to be more thinking about we are all human, uh, so we need to see what can we bring to other people. I think a, a, a fear might be they don't know what networking might involve, so you're, you're sort of demystifying that, aren't you? And you're bringing yes. some skill sets that which I'm working with you on on that basis as well. That gives people the confidence. Are you creating networks in Leeds between academia and business yet? Or are you just sort of accessing the ones that are already there then, Pauline? Um, so I'm already accessing some of them because there are many. Mm -hmm. So I'm part of Leaning Leeds Women. That is fantastic. The World Networks, a woman in digital in Leeds, mm -hmm. uh, data science society. So I've been giving a talk on Tuesday on, on data visualization. Um, there are lots of them available and they are all free. There's research retold also uh, that gives workshop on research and, and businesses. So mm -hmm. basically what is a startup and what they are doing is uh, they help researcher that doesn't want or have the time to communicate easily their research um, to them for them. So they will do a, a brief policy or they will do an image or, or a sketch mm. um, that is easy to understand for um, a partner. Yeah, like an infographic exactly. or something, that kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. So we have already an amazing network on that uh, in Leeds, uh, but it's just trying to bring um, the research part in it because there's lots of business. It's all about business, mm. uh, but I'm always the only researcher there. So uh, it's you trying... Bring some more of your research exactly. uh, fellows into the, into the equation. Okay. We talked about communication. Um, in terms of that, that for me covers things like content, publication, social media, all that kind of stuff, building your connections, uh, building your supportive networks. Um, what's your strategy for yourself in terms of content and social media? Because you, you seem quite active on LinkedIn, but what, what are the, what's your sort of overall content strategy for Pauline and for social media for Pauline as well? I'm really active on LinkedIn, or I try LinkedIn and Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's important because it helps you knowing what's out there. So mm -hmm. it gives me a news, so what's happening in Leeds, what the events that are there. So I discover lots of things happening in Nexus or happening in the center of Leeds that I would have not known otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, what I do then is I go to the event uh, and I make a summary of the event so I can remember it and I have a take-home message for me but also for others mm. so people that wasn't there have the chance to also have a bit of their message that was given there. So are you posting your sort of interpretation of, we went to an event didn't we recently about habit forming and, exactly. and that which was a really fantastic sort of one hour uh, lecture but you posted after that didn't you, here's yeah. my take, here's my learning points on that so yeah. why do you do that then? I think it's also, as a researcher, it's also a good way to uh, make your working memory works even more. Okay. So if you rehearse what you've learned, you learn it, you remember it better. Mm -hmm. But also it's to share. Uh, I think sharing what you've learned can help other people. If I, if I had this, this feeling, I think maybe it can also help other people. Mm. So I try to summarize what happened. 
I also try to put people in touch. Uh, oh, I've seen these people there. It might help these people. So mm. putting people in touch there. And I, in Twitter, it's also uh, trying to see more than events, but trying to find people that are inspiring, that I can uh, learn from. Um, so on Twitter, don't follow Piers Morgan then. If you're looking for inspiration, then I'll just move it. There's a few people you want to avoid on Twitter if you're looking for inspiration because... <laughs> It's a very dangerous world, Twitter, isn't it? It's a, it is. It's good for information, but my goodness, some some characters on there, aren't there really? So be, ca- I, be careful you don't get dragged into Twitter trolling and all those kind of things. I, um, I'm really mindful with my time with screen. So mm. I try not to do too much um, social media because uh, it tends to... It's really easy to get in the role and just screens and, and mm. roll it. So I'm trying just to go there to find specific things give specific feedback mm. and put people together and then I stop and I do a bit of meditation. Excellent. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> or, or have some food by the time because you do like your food, don't with you? With someone. Okay. <laughs> um, I love the fact that you are disciplined around your social media use, but I really do like what you said earlier about, you know, you see it as your role to share something that somebody might have missed out on. Are you getting good feedback from people who see you as a really positive resource then in terms of you know someone of influence within the say ladies university community or the nexus community um i think i've got nice feedback uh, and what is more interesting and when you do a conference and someone come to see you and it happened recently i was giving a pitch and um the lycam impact conference so it was a cardiovascular and metabolic disease in, in Leeds. Um, and I give my pitch uh, and then someone came to see me and say, oh, I saw you on Twitter or on LinkedIn and now I'm happy to meet you in in, in real. Mm. And that was really good because mm. it means that I've made something interesting and they wanted to reach me out in direct. So I think that's a proof that it works. And I've used it lots of times. So I've seen people that I wanted to um, to contact on, on LinkedIn posting something and I've contacted them. And normally if they if they are happy to share, they will reply to you. And yes. thanks to that, I've been to France and I've gave talk and then I've written them in UK. Um, so I've contacted lots of people in LinkedIn and say, oh, I'm, I like what you're doing. Uh, can we share? Can we discuss? Can we meet? And normally they, they want to meet and, and you can progress and learn more. Excellent. So you're not just a network, a physical network. You're a, a networker in terms of social media, particularly through LinkedIn. And those patterns are the same, aren't they? It's about finding people, putting them together, making connections and, 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 you know, ensuring that people both win from that, really. There's something in it for both sides of the party, yeah. really. So it's fascinating to see that um, you see elements of university and business working. I think we've identified there's some gaps there to, to, to work on. I don't think it's all the responsibility of the universities, by the way. I think the, the business Thanks, community yeah. themselves need to just be more aware of what could be done. And I think research projects particularly, things that need some rigour, something that needs some real sort of research um, kind of capability, one of the first places you might go to is say, let's see what the university's got to offer. That would be really good to see, wouldn't it, really, on that basis? Okay. Um, What's next for you? What's next for you in terms of studies, research, relationship building, networking, Obviously, you mentioned the military. Are you off to America to go and see uh, uh, any of the military people over there? No, uh, Skype. I've Skype. Oh, Skype. Skype no, just spoils the travel, though, doesn't it, Skype? I do like Skype, but, you know, it's not the same as getting yourself to it's, Virginia or somewhere, is it? It's the day true. It's not the same, but also I try to be a bit environmental friendly. And okay. if it's just to meet one person, I avoid flying that far. Uh, but it's true networking is 
much more better in direct and for the French military one. If I haven't been to France, I would have never had this connection and and this relationship going because the person I was going to was a bit timid mm. and also was really in his own research. So why is she coming with me with this kind of product? And um, by coming there, discussing, taking the time, being slow and peaceful, it really works well. Mm. So sometimes you really need to be in, in direct to make things, uh, mm. directly to make things coming. Skype's the one down from a visit, isn't it? It, and then yeah. a phone calls one down from Skype, etc., etc. So I, I class that as doing the right thing. I apologise, environmentalists, if I'm advocating getting on a plane <laughs> to go to Virginia, but I do like travel, but I can't help that one. Okay. So final note, final so, question for Pauline, just a quick we would be, what one piece of advice would you give any business who might be missing out on all the opportunities that building a relationship or network with academia could deliver? What would you say to a business who's not actually engaged yet? I will say, um, try to think what you miss, be specific and um, contact someone that you can think will, will help you um, in, your, in your business. And Nexus can be one of way, making events can be one of way, going to workshop, um, going to see research of presenting, going mm. into the research conference that are almost all free. I think all of that could help you understand how both can benefit from each other. And that would be in any university you've got those resources, yes. haven't there? Whether it's a nexus at Leeds exactly. University or whether it's somewhere else. Um, so it's really do your research yourself, find out what's going on. I guess connect on LinkedIn to some of the academics who would gladly accept your connection request in most cases, wouldn't they? Yes, and when you ask me about uh, what I want to do in the future, actually it's what I want to do. So I'm trying to create my dream job where I will be a network ambassador. So half of the time I will be a researcher, so mm -hmm. I could create the impact by my research, so the food preference one and the app. Yeah. And half of the time I will create event on networking, workshop on how to communicate and on how to visualize data. So I could bring together for really concrete skills communication visualization, both PhD researchers and uh, the business that I want to do. I will wish you every luck with that. Creating your dream job sounds like just the ideal for everybody. Is it actually creating something that's just got your DNA all over it? Pauline, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for sharing your insights. Let's hope you've inspired some business owners to get in touch with academia, some academics to reach out a little bit more and, and build those bridges. And uh, good luck with your continued research. Good luck with Food uh, uh, Research England and with the, uh, the military in France and the USA. Thank you very much. Thank, no. thank you for having me. That was great. No problem. Thank you.